Welcome to Sunday Morning Live Fellowship. You are listening to our live Sunday morning service. Now turn with me, please, to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17. While you're finding our scripture, let me say this. It's sad to think that there are so many people who are giving up on the business of living. It's sad to think that there are so many people who become discouraged, lose their sense of self-esteem, who see themselves without purpose in life, who give up their dreams and their goals, who lose their grip on their circumstances that they move and decide to opt out of life. It's sad to think that so many people choose a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Well, I want to say to you today that there is no problem, no difficulty, no circumstance in life which is so permanent and final as to warrant the permanent solution of destroying your life. I say to you, there is no time in the course of our human journey, no matter how hard that journey may be, where giving up is an option. Beloved, nothing in life can defeat us Unless we decide to accept defeat, nothing can destroy us unless we are willing to be destroyed. Nothing can beat us unless we surrender. What looks to be a permanent condition is actually an opportunity for God to provide a permanent solution. Now let's turn to our scripture found in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 and 17. Therefore, we do not lose heart, but though our outward man is decaying, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. <laughs> For momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory. Far beyond all comparison, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 17, for our light afflictions are but for a moment and are achieving for us an eternal weight of glory that outweighs them all. Oh God, we come to your throne. Oh, individually. <laughs> Oh, corporately, but you see us 
individually, you know, with every single person within the sound of my voice is going through right now. And you address us all. You address, oh God, those things that cannot be spoken. You address, oh God, those things that are unresolved. You address prayer requests, whatever they may be. Oh God, we bring to you this morning every heart that is grieving. We bring to you, oh God, every person that is going through physically. We are thanking you and worshiping you for all that you have already done, will continue to do. And we thank you in advance for being the God of all flesh, for being, oh God, the one that we worship. We take our eyes off our problems right now. We are not stuck to our problems, God. We are stuck to you, no matter what the outcome, because you are our outcome. Oh God, it gives us great joy to fellowship and minister to your people. It gives us great joy to give you all the glory. Those two go hand in hand. God, we pray that you would arrest any ministry that would bring glory to themselves. Yes, we interact and we fellowship and we touch others, but it must not stop there. All the glory goes to you. We sit down that you would stand up. Oh God, let it be all of you and none of me. Father, that you and you alone would receive all the glory, Holy Spirit. Bring an anointing not like yesterday and not like tomorrow, but an anointing for right now. We thank you. Thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. We thank you. You are more than enough, no matter what our outcomes are. We thank you. Our eyes are fixed on you. And we thank you. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Verse 17, for our light afflictions are but for a moment and they achieve an eternal weight of glory. My, 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 my. I would like to use for a topic this morning, this is a permanent solution for a temporary problem. This is a permanent solution for a temporary problem for all of us. Life has a lot of good times. For one, I'm just thankful that I woke up this morning. Hallelujah, because that's a blessing. There are people that right now are desperately fighting for their life. Good times. We experience so many good times, like when babies are born and we land that job that we wanted and needed. 
so bad. Good times when we got that house that we wanted and were able to afford the payments. Thank you, Jesus. Good times. Many people are coming back north because they spent the whole winter in the south. Now that's some good times. Fulfilling relationships. Fulfilling experiences, satisfying sights and sounds and smells and tastes and adventure, exhilarating things, love, refreshment, peace. Life is good and it has its riches and it has its joys. But at the very same time, Good times can be mitigated by the reality that life is short and full of trouble. I know I'm right. Job said man is born into trouble. Jesus said in this life you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. James wrote, we fall into various trials. None of us would question the fact that life can bring disappointment, discontent, pain, grief, loss, disasters of all kind. I don't know about you, but my life has been filled with unexpected turns, unanticipated events, dread, sometimes debilitating and painful experiences. And as they say, that's life. And the longer you live and the wider your experiences are and the more people you deal with presents even more potentials for pain and trouble. The world is filled with people trying to figure out how to deal with life without totally breaking down and giving up. So today's text gives us some insight on how we can handle the hard times. How can we face life like the writer of this epistle, the Apostle Paul, who said back in verse 8 of this chapter, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed. How can we be so triumphant to always carry about in our body the dying of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and yet to allow the life of Jesus be manifest in our life, to be constantly delivered over to death and yet see the life of Jesus Christ being manifested through our mortal flesh. How can we live in such a triumphant way as to be at the edge of death every moment and yet at the same time at the height of life? How can we obey the commandment of the Holy Spirit 
to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, as it says in 2 Timothy 2 and 1, or to endure suffering as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, the third verse of that chapter, or to endure all affliction, 2 Timothy 4 and 5. How can we be like those who find favor with God, of whom Peter wrote in 1 Peter 2 and 19, that they endure under the sorrows when they're suffering? How can we be like Moses who was a man who faced tremendous difficulties in life, but yet he endured. How can we be like Abraham, who it was written of having patiently waiting, he obtained the promise. How can we be like Jesus Christ, of whom it is written in Hebrews 12, he endured the cross, despising the shame because he could see what was yet ahead. How can we handle the trials of life? It's a crucial question because trouble comes to all of us. Beloved, even though all of us don't endure our troubles triumphantly, All of us have the resources to be able to get through what we got to get through. And those resources, those very resources are unfolded for us in this great text in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul here lets us in on his own spiritual secrets for enduring Children of God, sometimes we may think that our suffering is unique and only happening to us. But the truth is, it's the same age-old suffering that everyone has gone through and will keep going through until Jesus comes back again. Paul's suffering by any human measure was severe. Far beyond anything that we would ever experience. And because his suffering was so severe, he became for us the best example because if he can endure the most suffering, surely we can certainly endure the least. If Paul, who suffered the most, but enjoyed the greatest triumph, We who suffer the least certainly should be able to get through what we've got to go through. Let me remind you of what, just some of what Paul endured. In 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 9, Paul says, we are men condemned to death. We have become a spectacle to the world. We are fools. Verse 10 says, for Christ's sake, but you are prudent in Christ. We are weak, but you are strong. You are distinguished, but we are without honor. So he is a fool. He is weak and he is without honor. To this present hour, we are both hungry and thirsty. We are poorly clothed. We are roughly treated. We are homeless. 
We toil working with our own hands. When we, when we are reviled, we blessed. When we are persecuted, we endure. When we are slandered, we try to conciliate. We have become the scum of the world, the dreads of all things, even until now. That was the public opinion of Paul outside the church. But in some cases, Paul was going through inside the church. Second Corinthians chapter one and verse eight, he says, we do not want you to be unaware, brethren, of our affliction. We were burdened excessively beyond our strength so that we despaired even of life. Indeed, we had the sentence of death within ourselves in order that we would not trust in ourselves, but in God who raises the dead. Paul faced life constantly. I remind you in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, he says, he was sorrowful. In verse 10, he says, he was poor. He had nothing. Back in verse 8, he says, he was the victim of an evil report. In verse 9, he says, he was unknown and dying and punished. This is an amazing amount of suffering. Back in verse 5, he says that he went through beatings and imprisonment and tumults and labors and sleeplessness and hunger. Verse 4, affliction, hardships and distress. And all of that leads us back to the phrase, in much endurance, he endured it all. Paul sums it up. In 2 Timothy and says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the course. I have kept the faith all the way to the end. Paul endured. He never walked off the track. He never quit the race. He never went AWOL in the middle of a battle. He never deviated from the faith. He was faithful to the very last breath. Through it all, he learned to trust in Jesus through loneliness, through disappointment, through physical pain, through persecution. He was relentless. It was every day nonstop. Paul spent time in jail. He was locked in the stocks in agonizing pain. Much of the time, bandaging up his wounds and his cuts and his gashes. But we have to ask the question, how did he get through all of this? Our petty pain seems so small in comparison, and indeed it is, and yet he endured it all. So why can't we? Well, I think if we understand what Paul understood, there's a very deep awareness in the heart of Paul that made him able to endure everything. It's not hard to understand because it is the premise upon which 
we can live a triumphant life. You see, Paul had a fresh look at the face of Jesus Christ. Paul had seen the very glory of God. He had a real vision of God in the face of Jesus Christ and it gave him a new view of his own life, including a fresh look at his own sufferings for the sake of of the gospel. In response to that view of his sufferings, Paul gives us real treasure in these verses. And the Bible says, therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outward man is decaying, yet our inward man is being renewed every day. For this momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are seen are eternal. Here we have heavenly reasons for earthly endurance. In verse 13, it begins, 16, it begins with these words. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Now, that's the same thing that Paul said in verse 1 of the fourth chapter. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. To lose heart means to become a coward or afraid of what we've got to deal with or weak or hopeless or fearful or to lose our boldness and our bravery and our courage to become weary and faint hearted to quit, fold up the tent and bail out. Paul said, no, don't do that. Don't lose heart in view of the glorious realities of eternal life, which are yours, are yours and are yet to be unfolded in the presence of Jesus Christ. In view of the resurrection, for all that are redeemed, we shall be like him. In view of the glorious gospel, the truth of the new covenant, God's amazing grace by what which we have been saved. Don't lose sight. Don't lose view of what God has done for you. Don't ever lose heart. Don't despair. Don't quit. Don't give up. Don't become a coward. Keep these immense privileges of our covenant truth in front of you. Paul was saying that as long as he had the great opportunity of preaching the new covenant gospel of grace and personally having fellowship 
with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Nothing else mattered and he could not lose heart. No matter how much he was assaulted, no matter how much he was stabbed in the back, no matter how much Satan's forces and rebellion came against him, no amount of trouble would make him quit. No amount of trouble would cause him to neglect his calling and his privilege and his duty. He had no intention of ever losing heart. And here are the spiritual secrets in these verses for endurance. Though his outer nature was decaying in and through the suffering that he was going through, life was flowing from him to the church. While he was suffering, Paul was imparting the very life of Jesus Christ to the church. Christians were being strengthened while Paul was being weakened. It says in verse 12, death is at work in us, but life in you. Therefore, we do not lose heart because not only is God being glorified, but you, my loved ones, are receiving life, strength, and hope from us. Verse 15, for all things are for your sakes that the grace, hallelujah, which is spreading to more and more people because I'm suffering through my suffering may cause the giving of thanks to abound to the glory of God. That's why I don't lose hope. My ministry of suffering is causing grace to go to you and the glory of God is being revealed. These two reasons are the reason that Paul did not lose heart. My outward nature is decaying. I'm suffering. But another reason I don't lose heart is because while I'm going through, it is God that sustains me. And God will not let my problems overcome me. I will not lose heart. I've been crushed, perplexed, despaired, persecuted, struck down, but through it all, God will sustain me. Another reason that Paul does not lose heart, even though his outward nature is decaying because he knows that he will be raised from the dead with the church of Jesus Christ. He says in 14 that he who raised the Lord Jesus Christ will raise us also with Jesus and will present us with you. It's going to be all right, beloved. Not even death can make 
my story end bad. We are going to live again. And Paul is saying we are going to live together. The people that we fellowship with, we are going to live. I know we have a good time down here. I know we fellowship every Sunday, but we are going to have a great getting up morning where we fellowship together. Therefore, we are being renewed because God's power and life are in his son. Therefore, we are being renewed because life is flowing from us to the church. Therefore, we are being renewed because God sustains us while we are suffering. Therefore, we are being renewed because we will be resurrected on the last day. Therefore, do not lose heart with these momentary afflictions. Now, momentary does not mean that these afflictions are only going to last for 60 seconds. Momentary means that our lifetime here on earth cannot be compared to eternity. It is light affliction. Mm, Yeah, yeah. Paul said he called all that trouble Light affliction. We have a meltdown when we have to wait in the drive-thru more than we intended to waiting on a hamburger. Paul is saying what you're going through cannot be compared to the eternal weight that you will experience Someday. In other words, what you're going through right now is preparing you for an eternal weight of glory when you put your troubles on the scale of comparison. The eternal weight of glory that is being produced will far out Weigh what you are going through right now. I don't care what it is. Even if your outward body is decaying, even if your outward body is weak, Paul is saying, don't lose heart because the ministry of suffering is allowing you to bring grace and glory to others. And while you are suffering, you need to shout because it is God that sustains you. You're looking for support down here. (laughs) But when God sustains you, he is renewing what's going on in the inside. Paul said, my inner man is being renewed every day. I know you look at me and think, man, she looks tired. Mm, She looks worse than she looked last week. Don't worry about it. (laughs) 
Man, I'm moving slower than I did last week. But don't worry about these momentary afflictions because if we are suffering on the outside, know that God is doing a great work on the inside. The glory that yet shall be revealed. We don't have to wait for heaven for the glory to be revealed. Allow God to reveal the glory now. Open up the eyes of your spirit. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you to see. There is glory if you are going through. There is glory that God wants you to see right now. He said, stop looking at the problem, but see him. And God is going to show you things like you've never seen before. I know you just lost. A loved one. I know you just gotten a bad report. I know you're wondering how you're going to do all that has to be done. But God said, don't lose heart. Don't destroy your life. He's doing a great work inside of you. Thank you, Jesus. You're being renewed day by day. Hi, oh my God. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to, yeah, 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 yeah. Give God the glory. Hallelujah. For the work that he's doing in you right now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. If you have not received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have denied his authority. You have denied his lordship. You have denied him being king in your life. He's waiting for you right now. He's knocking at the door of your heart right now. Will you open up that door and let him in? The only thing he asks is that you acknowledge you are a sinner and, re and repent and receive him as Lord. Will you pray this simple prayer with me? Say, dear Jesus, I am a sinner. I have done many things that don't please you. I have lived my life for myself only. I am sorry. I repent. I ask you to forgive me. I believe you died on the cross for me to save me. You did what I could not do for myself. I come to you now and I ask you to take control of my life. I give it to you from this day forward. Help me to live every day for you in a way that pleases you. If you prayed this simple prayer with me, Please call me at 231-349-1046 so we can discuss the first steps of salvation. God bless you. I love you, beloved.